down boundaries and it, it makes uh, the children more promiscuous as they grow older. The row over the teaching of relationship and sex education in Birmingham primary schools could be seen as an inevitable clash between liberal values and religious conservatives. We are having our children come home with material that contradicts our moral values. Parents are very angry. The protests in Birmingham started because of an equality programme called No Outsiders. The lessons are about embracing differences, including race, religion, gender, age and disability, as part of the legal requirement to comply with the Equalities Act. But it was specifically the teaching around LGBT issues and storybooks featuring same-sex families which drew criticism from the mainly Muslim parents at the school. They feel their religious values, which are also protected under the Equalities Act, are under threat. Amir Ahmed is one of the protest organisers. It's not about gay, lesbian rights and inequality. This is purely about proselytising uh, a homosexual way of life. Today we have uh, a different type of podcast, something that we've never done before. Uh, I got a message, and I, you get a lot of people get a ton of messages, and this one I answered from a young man. He's 20 years old, and he's uh, Turkish, English, Bengali. You're a son of the basically son of Earth, basically he's son of man. Uh, lives in England and he wanted to talk to me about share some stories. So I said, okay, 20 year old from England. I'm not from, uh, don't you always talk to some youth from England? So we talked and we had, we had a, a, such a good discussion on, uh, on zoom. We talked on zoom that I thought, you know, I want to share some of these things, discussions with people, because I know that a lot of parents uh, are probably their youth could really relate to this young man. His name is Ryan Uden. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as I said earlier, he's really son of man being from Anatolia, Europe and South Asia, and then living, you know, in England, obviously he's a, a mainstream traditional Muslim, Sunni Muslim studying, um, uh, Arabic and Islamic studies at Leeds university of Leeds. Where's Leeds again? So Leeds in the Northeast of England, Northeast um, England. And I'm living in the northwest, but um, I actually grew up in, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, so that's another. Yeah, you don't ha you don't have a Liverpool accent. You're from Liverpool, yeah, right? No. Yeah. So my dad, my dad's family, they're from Bangladesh originally, but they um they migrated to Liverpool. So all my cousins have Liverpool yeah. accents, but but I don't. Okay, good. Now, the reason that you talked is that you were concerned about the way people talk about this matter, and the issue is mm. that. I, in my opinion, if you ask me, the issue of the, the theoretical position on the LGBT community, uh, you know, the, uh, the LGBT, you know, movement and wave, right, mm -hmm. is I think it's been covered so much. But what you brought to the table was the experience with people the, who are like dependents 
of LGBT uh, mm-hmm. families, basically. Right, right, right. right. And that's a whole different thing, which is mm-hmm. basically you're you had a classmate and a long discussion with a classmate who has two moms, mm-hmm. which that doesn't necessarily, you know, that's, uh, you know, not something that my generation ever dealt with. Right. right. Because it wasn't the, the matter wasn't old yet. Now it's yeah. matured. I should say it hadn't matured. Now it's matured to the point that, you know, that exists. And uh-huh. she's lived her whole life with these two moms who are obviously right, lesbians. Right. Mm-hmm. And the main point here being is that when people take on a, uh, 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 an aggressive posture or a disgusted yeah. posture, mm-hmm. okay, and at that point, you're, you, you may get your point across to the person who's maybe bringing something new in your religion that you're upset about, but you're completely you know, doing something different to an innocent person. Yeah. So now there are dependents on this matter. And why don't you lead by telling us exactly what went on in that discussion and that conversation, which made you think that the way in which we discuss this matter needs to be tweaked Mm -hmm. so that we can add in consideration for people who we're still trying to give Dawa to that are, you know, they themselves haven't done this stuff but they, yeah. they've been raised in it. So why don't you uh-huh. tell us that story? Okay, so um, so it actually happened when I was still at school, so I'm at university now, but this was, this was, um, this was a case when, when I was in my last years of school, and I'd set up a, a kind of interfaith discussion club in my school at lunchtimes, and um, a lot of my friends came, and the reason I set it up is because I had friends of all different backgrounds, so some were like really practicing Christians, some were atheists, some were couple were Muslim and um, it was really interesting we were having kind of really interesting discussions and so so we set up this club and there was this girl there who was um who was in my year and um and we'd we'd kind of been on on perfectly fine terms before that we weren't we weren't ever there was nothing ever you know um there was nothing of any any tension or, or or kind of or anything between us before before this and this interesting thing was that after this discussion there wasn't anything tense or any kind of you know awkwardness between us either, despite the fact that it was a discussion about where I was perfectly clear and um, uncompromising and and kind of and straight up about about what I believe as as a Muslim who um, who adheres to the, the kind of mainstream consensus um, on this issue um, from my religion, and despite the fact that she she is the daughter you know of of you know a couple a lesbian couple right and so um you, you kind of expect and i've had discussions with other people in the past where it's gone like this where you kind of where people get outraged and be like this is this is ridiculously unethical and, and it, there's just a lot of outrage and kind of and shutting down the, the debate and this is this is discriminative and this is prejudice and this is phobic right but this was a discussion where, 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 as I said, afterwards we were we were on fine terms, despite despite me being so clear about the Islamic position on this and, and the fact that I adhered to that Islamic position. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, th- the thing is that it's oftentimes uh, sold to us that the um, you know t- t- the tolerance position, mm. you know, is is an absolute um, like it's an absolute law. It's an absolute. Uh, uh-huh. It's a given. It's something that cannot possibly, you know, be questioned. And I think that there's a there's a news clip 
about uh, you know what happened in terms of the Birmingham marches against this matter, where the journalist sort of takes that position and she like their her tone of voice and she used that position like, are you actually like it's almost like making the person sound insane if yeah, yeah. if they don't accept and have a complete tolerance of a certain thing, right? Mm. Whereas, you know, if they entered through the door of tolerance, mm -hmm. they actually slammed that door shut after they got yeah. in. Yeah. Right. If you notice yeah. that it started off with tolerance, but the tolerance of any other view is no longer there. And oftentimes calls to unity mm -hmm. are often just calls to, you know, this opinion. Right. Our yeah. opinion on this, you know. Uh, and so when we talk about people like when we when we talk about the family members mm -hmm. of, of people involved in this we have to realize that they, this is something that, you know, is people will always be attached to their parents. Mm -hmm. And we have to maybe, you know, employ the saying of the Prophet, peace be upon him, or his teaching that Ikrimah ibn Abi Jahl, he's coming as a Muslim. So, um, of course, he's coming, he had converted, and we're, we're not mm -hmm. talking about converts in general. He was talking about uh, regular people, but who aren't Muslim. But when Ikrimah came, amongst the Sahaba, the Prophet said, don't curse Ikrimah mm -hmm. for his son is amongst us now. I mean, don't curse Abu Jahl for his son is amongst us now. Well, what that indicated is that even though Ikrimah had professed Iman and rejected idolatry, he's still going to have some kind of attachment to his father, right? Yeah. If not, you know, an attachment, a sensitivity, we can say. Right. Because right. we can say, let's say, okay, he made complete bara'a from him, uh, uh, personally, like halas, mm -hmm. I'm completely cut off from you, mm -hmm. you know, for what you did to the prophets. I said, I'm fine, but you'll still have a sensitivity and you'd be offended yeah. of course, yeah. by someone insulting them. Mm -hmm. So, and, and this discussion here is not for the whole Twitter world that wants always, you know, uh, uh, to bring something dramatic and sign the alarm bells. Mm -hmm. This discussion <laughs> is for, you know, the other people who are in your shoes or who are parents. And I know my community, parents of high schoolers who deal with this where the a, a position of outrage, mm -hmm. while it may be your position, it also has a cost, mm. right? Now, of course, we're outraged, rationally speaking, meaning that yeah. we, we will not budge on a subject. And we have, uh, there are, emotions are both rational and natural, right? Mm -hmm. um, the rational is your priority where you believe in something or not believe in something. Just like rational love of the Prophet ﷺ, it could be, is rational and emotional. The rational is that yeah. before I do anything, I consult with the Prophet Sunnah. Yeah. And emotional is that I love to remember him, yeah. right? Both of them are excellent, right? Mm -hmm. So likewise, when we meet sins, now we should be rationally outraged in the sense that I will not even budge mm. an inch, nor mm -hmm. give a, uh, a millimeter to this view. But emotionally speaking, you end up having to control yourself for the sake of the onlooker and for the sake of those who have grown up immune to this matter. Yeah. And that was the point that, that struck me about this conversation. So how did you put it to the person? You know, and not a, it's not the words that I'm looking for here. It's, mm. it's the emotion. Right. Right. Which is the emotion of if you flip out on this, you lose this person for good. 
right. So was there, tell me about how you actually ended up, you know, talking in that respect. Well, I think, I think you, you brought up some really good points there. And in terms of this specific conversation, I was very much conscious of the fact that, um, you know, how like in Islam, there's this idea that, that maybe potentially one of the only justifications you have for living as a minority in a non-Muslim society is your dawah responsibility, right? Yeah. And, and very, this, it was this, that was very much at the forefront of my mind when I was researching this topic, when I was discussing it with this individual, when I've um, looked into it at university, etc. And it's the idea, again, that we're not, you know, there was this brilliant thing that was circulated recently called something along the line, the Pyrrhic dawah on the yeah. internet. Yep. And it's this idea that, you know, that you, you so sort of, um, almost like the aggression is palpable in, mm -hmm. in, in, in when, when you speak you end up yeah sure you, you get a victory in that moment a little a little soundbite or a clip for youtube where you can entitle it you know ending this person's career or whatever and you can win in that sense mm -hmm. but but it's such it's such a great cost you know in you know in terms of not thinking long term you yeah. put like 20 people off mm -hmm. by, the, by the time that you've brought this one person to islam and i guess that that's kind of what was at the forefront of my mind dawa for me is very much um, about trying to wishing to see the best in all of God's creatures and to understand their hurts and to see his image right behind mm -hmm. their, their veil and that's um and that's something that I that I got from from Sheikh Abdul Murad and and I was really taken by that because because I, I thought this is a girl whose parents are too like like I, I just think about my own attachments my own mom and dad right mm -hmm. and then and then imagining kind of the confusion the, the 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 sense of cognitive dissonance, whatever that might that might come from being confronted with somebody who who you seem to be on fine terms with before, but suddenly is against the very facts of your parents' relationship. Mm -hmm. Like you know, so 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 these are things, and, and you mentioned the Birmingham, um, the, the the issue that we had here in Birmingham in the UK made national news coverage, as you said, BBC, Sky News, everyone picked it up. Um, it was headline news for, for, for months actually here in the UK. And, um, and that was, again, my concern was that there are kids walking past these angry Muslim parents who are protesting, um, you know, and some, and in some of the instances they were like, they were, it got into kind of mocking and, and, mm -hmm. and, and shouting and things like that. And I'm thinking, well, it's not like you said, um, it's not like it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It, there are now kids that are walking to school with two moms at home and two dads at home. You know, what about their impression of Islam? What about what about our duty towards them to not increase their their confusion and their their dilemma, but actually bring a healing to it, right? Bring a clarity in terms of a way of life, right? Our 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 way of life and our understanding of this issue of same-sex attraction, of transgenderism, of all these 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 issues is in our opinion a fitri one right mm -hmm. it's part of our natural disposition it, it should come naturally to us the islamic view is something that should um, bring people peace and healing if understood correctly and delivered clearly and so that's our game that's our that's our um, that's our objective rather sorry yeah that's yeah. our objective and i think that uh a lot of times the emotional element of persuasion mm -hmm. is left off and to persuade somebody to your cause is better than simply bludgeoning, you know, a person and then 
mm-hmm. putting off a thousand other people from your cause. Yeah. Right. And the idea here that we take into consideration the secondary level, the second generation that has, you know, just grown up with this. It's mm. completely innocently. It's not their fault. I think is a priority in Dawah because our purpose is to call people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of yep. course, it's more important to make sure that the Muslims understand their deen. Now, mm-hmm. why is it so difficult to maintain both? How are they mutually exclusive? Exactly. Exactly. Right? It's not mutually exclusive at all. Uh, and all it takes is some emotional discipline. And really, just it's a factor now. You have a math equation. Yeah. Okay. And now you have a new part of the equation. And this new part of the equation, it basically tells us, listen, um, we as Muslims simply, you know, not only, you know, we're for, we're not just, you know, we can't support this. We're also against any, anything other than a man and a woman marrying. Yeah. Right. Marriage between a man and woman. Anything against sexual relations between a man and a woman. Husband and a wife, I should say. Not just man and a woman, but husband and a wife. And that's our belief, right? And actually, for for context, there was, you know, this this whole thing in the Birmingham thing. It was an objection to these lessons that were being taught in the schools. Yeah. And little, like, young children, primary school children were being read stories by their teachers entitled things like Two Male Penguins and Their Chick. Mm -hmm. Julian is a mermaid, right? Where this boy wants to be a mermaid. My princess boy, where he just... And... And it's very clear for us as, as Muslims, right? I think back to, you know, ayat from the Quran, you know, about, you know, Prophet Lut, salam. These were, these have been, we have to think carefully about this in the sense that our religion, and this is kind of my research interest at university, is how is Islam designed specifically? How is it kind of interwoven into the faith where it's deliberately meant to be a religion for, to protect us against the kind of extremes of the modern world, right? Yeah, and 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 there's this, you know, it's not, you know, it's, you'd almost laugh at the idea that someone thinks it's accidental that mm-hmm. Allah has quoted his prophet in this book, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, in you know, referring to Lut mm-hmm. um, in you know, for for our age. So, so there's, you know, for example, in um, Surah Al-Raf. Um, I'm just reading the the interpretation here. You, you know, you lust after men rather than women. You transgress all bounds. That's that's clear. You know, there's there's no there's no way that we can we should feel embarrassed about that as Muslims. There's no way that we should we should feel anything but you know at peace with that as Muslims. There's another ayah in Surah Al-Hijr, right? Um, uh, again, the, the the just the interpretation in English, um, ayah number seventy-one. He said my daughters are here if you must, right? That's an interesting one to, to, to reflect on. And it's, it's, it's absolutely clear in terms of our Islamic position here. We can't, as you said, we can't budge in terms of going against the consensus of the ulama for 1400 years longer. Mm-hmm. We can't budge against the Quran. We can't budge against any of this stuff. We can't accept the idea that, you know, our kids maybe, are, not my kids, but, but Muslim kids are being taught um, in school right about and you've read stories about you know the idea that you know it's fine to 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 you know be a girl if you want to change and be a girl or be a boy like that we can't move on that but at the same time there are little kids who might get bullied in school by muslim children for having two parents of the same sex at home 
and that's as far as you know as far as our duty to be a healing power yeah, you know a yeah. source a source for for bringing about healing and and, and clarity and and you know and, and peace that's that's mm-hmm. unacceptable as far as as far as we're concerned so we have to deal with this with with the, compassion you know a hundred percent and when you're confident in a belief and you know you're doing something in the right way there is yeah. a realization that sometimes less is actually more mm, and I, I say that in the uh, in the reaction element of things because having been around and anyone who's been around you know human beings and tried mm. to persuade them of anything you know that you have to read reactions and yeah. if your reaction is going to be you push people away mm. because of how badly you flew off the handle you know then you must have not had you know any you know teenage kids that you ever mm-hmm. dealt with or any people that you dealt with because you realize that hold on a second i want to fly off the handle yeah. but we don't we're not guided by our impulses even mm-hmm. if our impulse is good because it's good to fly off the handle uh you know in an appropriate times sayyidina right. musa alayhi salam we won't use the phrase fly off the handle with a, a great prophet but we will say that prophet musa got extremely angry to the mm-hmm. point that he threw the tablets right he threw the tablets now let's fast forward there was a time where prophet received a delegation from thaqif and they said to him we're willing to enter into submission to your religion to islam Mm -hmm. this is the year nine after the hijrah and he said to them uh, but they said but we have one condition we travel a lot. We need to do zina, so we need you to exempt us of zina, right? Uh, how did the prophet react? If what if he had reacted in the you know the way that you know, most of us would react, whether sarcastically or reacting with some kind yeah. of emotion, they would have fled away. So whether or not you people want to argue it or not, it's not about arguing. Look at the result when you fly off the handle on a matter, even if you should. It, theoretically, like we're, it's an absolute no, and it's an abomination what you're uttering. But mm-hmm. will, how does my, you know, way of expressing myself get me a result? Will it get yeah. me a result or not? And that's really the question here. And people have to realize that um, we have to uh, eventually broach this topic with, you'd have to do this in everything if you're raising, raising people or trying to convince them of anything. And that's an interesting point because these these individuals, these prophets, peace be upon them, they when they you know got angry, mm-hmm. it was without ego, it yeah. was in a pure way, right? That's, and, that's and, a great point. That's a it's a great point. Yeah, and and when we and we 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 don't we're not maybe um, we're definitely not on that level, but 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 even if we're trying to be, we can't we can't ever guarantee that when we you know fly off the handle to use your your term that it's not you know muddied by, by mm-hmm. our own egos, right? And so I think it's that idea of looking, looking, um, wishing to see the best in all God's creatures and to be, to be healing and to be, and to, and to be thing without, without ever, you know, compromising on your deed. You have to be firm and clear about, about your Islamic position on this. Yeah. And, and it's an issue when people are not firm and clear because that just creates more, more confusion. That, that's unacceptable, frankly. But it's a, but, it's a completely unacceptable to be, yeah. to muddy the waters on something. Yeah. And honestly, even certain discussions on details, mm-hmm. um, they oftentimes they, they may be meant for scholarly footnotes, 
but they just confuse, mm -hmm. you know, the common person. Uh, mm -hmm. And even that's, you know, probably you could say inappropriate to be done in, in certain Dawa, public Dawa settings, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and uh, an example for, ex uh, to say, you know, as an example, the difference between something that would remove someone from Islam mm -hmm. and something that would just be sinful or something that would make someone an innovator. Yeah. Sometimes if you speak in a way that, uh, that you deny the, uh, the graver accusation, it may come across as a defense to the common person. Yeah. For example, if someone says, all right, you know, I don't feel like praying witr, right? Mm -hmm. What do we, is this person a sinner or innovator or what? And someone says, oh, he must be an innovator. I said, no, he's not an innovator. He's just sinful, right? So we've, we've removed the, you've taken the issue and defended the person a little bit by saying, you're not, he's not that bad. He's in the middle. But the, from a persuade, from a, uh, uh, an appearance standpoint, it sounds like you're defending them, Right. And that even that is uh, uh, dangerous to do when you're talking about something in a you know, public setting. It ends yeah. up causing confusion as well. And there are over 200 ayat speaking about clarity, mm. you know, in matters of deen. And I remember back in 2015, when we first started the, the Sfinidaya podcast, that I was in a phase where this woke stuff was really just starting to catch on with people yeah. and amongst Muslims. And I had a really like serious reaction to it. And sometimes, and, and halfway through, you know, I, that first season, I thought to myself, are we trying to convince people mm. or are we trying to crush them? Right. And I came upon a saying of a chef about debates and about these things. He said, mm -hmm. uh, remove the sickness, don't kill the patient. Yeah. And in that, I think you will turn off people who are looking for an extreme. Mm -hmm. And that may be their ego needs to get it out of their system, right? Where that's what they're, they're looking for blood. And right. sometimes we can't deliver that. Sometimes the reaction needs to be a bit uh, clear, but I would say tempered. That's the language yeah. I would say. It needs to be clear. Why? Because there are other people watching that are innocent and they're going to be taking their, they're going to completely shut off Islam from their minds forever for good. Right. And but I also I, think it's, sorry to interrupt there. I just also think it's about sincerity, right? In the sense that when you have, when people get it, get into these debates, you know, they're, they're if they're too harsh and they're almost like overly kind of aggressive and crushing people, that's no longer dawah, you know? Yeah, it's it's just it just isn't. And then on the flip side, when people mm -hmm. get into these discussions and people are overly compassionate, and I don't mean like truly compassionate, I mean like like just overly sensitive and oh and like understanding to a point where it's just getting a bit extreme now and in excess and kind of pushing the boundaries of Islam. Yeah, that's no longer compassion either, because for compassion to be true compassion, it has to be clear. You can't compromise on 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 this on the deen. Otherwise, you're not being compassionate. You're being the opposite of that. So it's a balance about being, you know, really, uh, you know, in the middle and, and kind of, and you know, yeah, just, just getting yeah, that balance, I think. I, I totally agree that this idea of compassion, if you're not, the, the what is the compassion for? The immediate moment? Mm -hmm. Or do we believe right. in an afterlife too? Exactly, exactly. We, yeah, we believe that there is Allah and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has certain things that, that does not want us to do, right? Mm -hmm. And... Um, and there's a message. There is a dawah here, right? and there is hellfire here, 
And so when we're compassionate, we're compassionate about that mm -hmm. as much as anything else. So compassion yeah, exactly. would be to lead people to Islam and away from their current, their, uh, mm -hmm. like the Shahada begins with the negation. There is yeah. no God except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. So we want them to move away from what they're upon. Mm -hmm. We don't want them upon what they're upon. It's not right, right? Mm -hmm. So, we, I mean, we don't, we believe not only it's not true, it's not like it's incorrect. No, it's going to cause you a big problem. Right. It's not the, the best thing for you in yeah. this life or the next. Yeah. Like, and it, not, not only that, it's a very bad thing for you in yeah. this life and the next. We yeah, have to exactly. actually, I don't think a lot of people believe that deeply, yeah. like viscerally as it's supposed to be. Like you believe that someone who chooses to play, you know, racing games on the street, right? You know, mm -hmm. you, people who race in cars on the street. Yeah. Well, you totally have a, your gut will squeeze up if you heard that, let's say your your brother, little brother or someone mm. is doing that and going 90 miles an hour racing mm. on the highway with his friends because we know that doesn't end up good, right? At the very yeah. least, you're going to probably get your license taken away from you for like five years, if not get into an accident. So your gut squeezes yeah. because you know that right now this could affect him. Whereas, as Ibn Qayyim says, certain things, people do them for their entire hayat dunya and mm. don't see the harm of it until the afterlife, right? Yeah. And, and, and beliefs, religious beliefs are, you know, from them, from amongst the things mm. that people don't see the result of, negative result of it, like, ex, like visually, yeah. except in the afterlife is religious beliefs. So we tend to feel like less of a uh, direct feeling that this is terrible. Right. But do you know what? I think that comes from an insecurity on our part, on too many of our partners as Muslims. Like, people don't believe enough yeah. that the Islamic position on this issue is, they don't feel it in their hearts, that it's the right thing. And one of the, you know, a really interesting thing when I had this discussion with this girl in school at this debate club, um, one of the really interesting points that she actually admitted to me was that her two mums, as they were having her little brother, Mm -hmm. they were really concerned about um about not having a male figure in the household and they, and it and it like like to the point where like, they were like really discussing it with one another and and, and kind of like they were really concerned about about the ethics of of you know of what they do is this of what they do. is this is this fair on this little boy who doesn't have you know a father figure role model in his in his house are we mm -hmm. Are we doing the right thing? And that was such an interesting thing. And you know what? That only she only admitted that to me. She only we only that only came out in our discussion mm -hmm. because of the way that I was discussing the issue. I wasn't. You can't afford to be to be to be you know to, to go up in flames and be insulting and this that the other and let your you know potentially your ego take over you in that kind of. You just can't afford it. Not only is it not not the right potentially not the right thing to do if your ego is yeah. in the way, right? But also, you—it's just not practical. Firstly, you'll get—you'll get there. There'll be consequences. You know? mm -hmm. So there was this um, in 2009 in the UK in a, in a place called Islington here, here in the UK. There was this case of this of this um, uh, a Christian who was um, a registrar and um, was 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 didn't want to um, um, perform um, civil civil um, uh, uh, kind of. Uh, what do you call it like um, not marriages but, but civil partnerships between yeah. same-sex couples uh, because of their faith right 
and um, and they took and it, and it went to court and it was a whole big thing, and um, and they and and they lost. So they tried to get exempt because of their beliefs as a Christian, you know, to yeah. not to not have to, to not be forced to perform these civil partnerships between these same-sex couples, mm -hmm. and they lost. They weren't able to be um, accepted from that. They said basically the court said no, you've got to do that by law. You're you know you're you're required to do that if you're in this job, and so they had to leave their job eventually. So it has you know, it has real consequences. And sometimes those consequences have to be accepted because you're sticking to your principles, like in this, in this yeah. situation, where this, you just can't do anything about it. You, you, you're going to have those consequences. And sometimes you can actually avoid them by just dialing down and toning down the, the shouting and the, the, the ego and the, and, the, and the kind of almost, it comes across as a real lack of compassion. And it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not by accident that the most common um, names, the most frequent names that Allah describes himself by in the Quran, right, are Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim, that we're meant to be, that's meant to be important to us, right, so it's, it's, it's meant to be at the heart of our, of our deen, so, so if, we, if, if we can strike that balance of being uncompromising on the one hand, and yeah. clear about our views, but still compassionate and have um, genuine and sincere da'wah in, in, at the forefront of our minds, then, then I think that's then then you're onto 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 you know then we, the yeah we would say that as say normally you say asabta sunnah which is now you hit the target of the mm. sunnah and all you have to look at is taqif there's nothing you know worse for people to have done than to mock the prophet mm -hmm. to uh, you know spit on him throw stones at him hurl you know cur curse him mm -hmm. and what did he do he was thinking for their innocence, right? Mm -hmm. Their children. Like, well, maybe guidance will come to their children. Right. Whereas he had the opportunity, as we know, that the angel came down and mm -hmm. said, I'm the angel in charge of these mountains, and Allah has informed me mm -hmm. that I will push these mountains and destroy the city wow. on yeah. them, right? To push the mountains on them, kill them all. And the Prophet said, no, I hope that their children you know, uh, we'll say la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Mm. So that element of compassion is, if you notice, they themselves did become Muslim. Their chiefs mm. became Muslim afterwards. And uh, those very chiefs that were involved in that incident, you know, mm. in about more than a decade later, they enter into Islam. And so mm. it's not just the second generation, but the sinner as well. That mm. you don't now, And if, and I have to say something. The people who flip out, they're not the enemy here, right? Because at the same time, it is a reaction that is, you know, to something bad. And you could, you might be inaccurate and you don't represent the sunnah. That's very different from saying that you're the enemy, you're worthy of being mocked, you're terrible, you're mm -hmm. the reason. No, but it is worthy of saying this is not the sunnah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had done it several times and flipped out on people in the past and realized, how do I represent the prophet like this? Mm -hmm. right? right. And I feel terrible uh, afterwards for days and I have to make it up. Yeah. Right. And I think you were referencing some of these marches mm -hmm. where, you know, sometimes I think it maybe got out of hand or something where I guess people were they were emotional about it. Right. They were really, really yeah. upset about yeah. the situation. And but I think, though, that you are correct 100 percent in in this issue where um, if we don't 
fully embrace the sunnah, all of it, mm -hmm. then we can't really say that we're a hundred percent a hujja, you know, against mm -hmm. the people, uh, you know, in uh, what what I mean by that hujja is when when are a people considered guilty in the sight of Allah? They're considered right. guilty when the message has come to them with no uh, external, yeah, with no external matters yeah. that could cause a person to justifiably say no thank mm -hmm. you right and what's an example that uh, an example of this is when a person um if a person was to come to you as a complete stranger and tell yeah. you this is xyz is is not right or you have to do it or let's say you got to go and say la ilaha illallah muhammad rasulullah even for us that is not a da'wah you're not obligated mm -hmm. to listen to strangers in islam we don't a Muslim who comes to us and says, the Prophet, a random Muslim, I don't know him, said, Prophet said, at this time, at this hour, you must pray such a raka, right? Mm -hmm. I would say to him, you know, I don't even know who you are. I'm not accepting yeah. anything you have to right. say, and I'm not obligated really, you know, whether I'm not, I'm obligated to investigate it, you know, that's different, right? But mm -hmm. I don't know right. who you are. I'm not, so I'm not responsible in that regard, Right. If I have, for example, mm -hmm. a knowledge that a certain food is, a restaurant is halal, absolute stranger comes up to me and says, not halal. So I have certainty from the owner mm -hmm. that it's halal, who I know, and he prays with us in the masjid. And a complete stranger tells us not halal. Mm -hmm. I don't even have to investigate that, right? Your word as yeah. a complete stranger is zero. So that's what I mean by an external factor that would justify for people mm -hmm. to reject the message. So if I come with whether it's my nafs or my undisciplined self or a half sunnah. I'm coming with the obligation, but I'm not fulfilling it in the way in which the prophet would have done things, right? Uh, at that point, we are giving an excuse for people not to accept our message. An excuse which may or may not stand in front of Allah, right? But it's definitely an excuse. No. You know, if someone comes and says, oh, these people are insane, right shouting and, and yeah. screaming their heads off like that right yeah maybe we are guilty of of giving them an out so i want to say that while at the same time saying those people flipping out i can't say that they're the enemy i simply say and they're not worthy of being mocked i believe they're worthy of being praised because they still care about allah and they care about the messenger but i don't see that they fulfilled the sunnah and that's a problem. It is a problem to have not fulfilled the sunnah. Uh, and we have to think about this, that there's multiple dimensions here. And this dimension of the onlookers and those who are raised in, in something, um, they have to be taken care of in the sense of they have to be, we have to be considerate uh, of them and what they have to say. Yeah. And, um, and I think that there's, there's another aspect to this. I was I recently taking up driving lessons. I got to them really late. Um, but my driving instructor, um, he on the first lesson, he told me, um, it came out, we were talking about, um, he started talking about Catholicism, some reason, and then we started chatting, and then, and then he, he admitted it to me, that he, or he, he let me know, rather, that his, his son had committed suicide, mm -hmm. right? And since then, this is a really chatty, really nice guy, really, we get on really well. But every lesson since then, I've noticed it's palpable in the air, his grief, like constantly. Mm. Like there's no, 
like I don't know what like I don't know how you deal with that as a parent but if literally like we'll make a joke and he'll be really just fine with me just talking to you but you can still see it you can still feel it almost coming from him that it just is unrelenting his mm. his grief and I'm thinking sat here thinking okay there's a hundred percent a right to get angry for the sake of Islam you know that's a part of our deen but maybe some of us should should think you know on on this issue when there's when there's such high suicide rates when the when the when it's affecting you know amongst mm. you know, transgender people etc when it's skyrocketing skyrocketing through the roof when there are kids of people of same sex you know where they've got same sex parents at home same same gender parents at home when it's so sensitive nowadays when it's changed when it becomes so extreme the the and it's moving so fast right in the last five years the last ten years the conversation has moved radically in, and rapidly in in a in one big progressive with a capital p direction right mm-hmm. so it's just getting even even worse even more in that in that in that, going more in that direction yeah how can we how can we um you know afford for you know to to, to be taking kind of like to, to even potentially letting our ego get in the way in these conversations and and kind of you know it's a big and it's happened way too much so for example in in this you know bbc um coverage of this birmingham thing they leaked they, they found um, a group chat that these Muslim parents who were protesting were on on some social media platform. And the BBC found, got access to this group chat, and they leaked the messages on, on, on their channel, uh, um, or rather they exposed the, the, the messages. And there were messages along the lines of, and I'm quoting here, um, Muslim parents saying things like, I'm totally against any type of gays and lesbians, what is this dunya coming to? dirty, filthy excuse for a human, et cetera, et cetera. And the BBC um, got hold of these and, and it was on national news. And bear in mind that the majority of people consider this an issue like racism. They see homophobia like like racism. That's mm-hmm. how strongly like so many people feel. And bear in mind that Muslims are completely on the other side of this. Like This is like, we can't accept a lot of this stuff, most of this stuff, outright 100% without compromising on our deen. So we've got to we've got to we've got to be a bit smart about this, right? We've got to be a bit compassionate, a bit smart and and deal with it in a way that that we recognize that people are really hurting. There's a lot of confusion mm. both among, you know, transgender people, etc., suicide rates, all this kind of stuff, but also even potentially within our own community. How many of our youth who maybe have you know, who haven't had that proper guidance, you know, um, maybe necessarily um, at home, you know, in terms of their dean, in terms of navigating these issues, who have been exposed to it at school, who don't have a great education at home, et cetera, et cetera. How many of them are feeling like a cognitive dissonance and an internal, you know, spiritual disaster, right, inside because they think, oh my goodness, I'm Muslim, I'm attracted to this other boy in school. How, you know, what, I've got no clarity from, from home, my parents don't really talk about any of this kind of issues. The whole, the whole, you know, onslaught from the secular, you know, agenda is just, is just, is just this, this complete narrative, right? Where, where it's, where it's just almost unbreakable, you know. Um, uh, uh, when we talked on, on Zoom before, we we mentioned the idea of, of it being almost blasphemous, right? Yeah. For, for, for pro- the progressive religion to to step out of line in terms of their social beliefs, right? Yeah. And so, how does that Muslim youth? Who hasn't got the guidance? How does he navigate that issue for himself? And that's 
and that's actually something that we discussed last time I was in there. I thought was really helpful. You know, the idea that in um, in Islam throughout throughout our history, the the ulama they 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 were they were quite comfortable often discussing this, and they kind of they didn't kind of dramatize it as much as as much as we do. So, for example, there was this idea of yeah, okay, maybe a, if if a guy is feeling attracted to 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 another guy or or whatever, then that's you know pretty pretty normal in a sense okay maybe they got a bit confused or whatever but maybe they're just you know attracted to the feminine beauty of a boy right Mm -hmm. you know in 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 school or something and and that that i found was really helpful when i did my research for this for this issue because it kind of de-dramatized the issue brought Mm -hmm. it back to thinking okay what is how can we how can we you know say, look, you're not a, you know, because we're accepting their dogma, right? The LGBT yeah. dogma, we're accepting it. We've internalized it as, as, as Western Muslims and we've accepted it, you know, which is a bad, bad move because then we say, right, that little, that, that boy, that Muslim guy who's confused, he's thinking, okay, I'm gay. I have to be in this whole different category of people, right? That, that's what they've done, the LGBT yeah, movement. Exactly. They've, they've split it into categories, right? So if you feel a certain way, you feel an attraction, this, that, that maybe you're recognizing that, that female beauty and one of your, you know, in boys in, in your school or something and you feel attracted to this, oh, suddenly you're in a whole other category. Oh, you, you've got this label of bias. And as Muslims, we've got to reject that. No, you don't have this whole other label of bias. You're not this different type of human. You're like all of us. We may, you know, maybe maybe I get, maybe I'm like one day in Shalva and I'm, and, you know, maybe have the issue or the struggle where I am attracted to a, a, you know some some lady from from work who's not my wife you know it's yeah. the same sort of thing in a sense you know you've got to you're just like the message has to be to that to that Muslim boy who's struggling himself with these internal issues that there is there's a clear path to this in Islam and you're not we're not going to accept the dogma from the LGBT we have our own indigenous way of understanding this in Islam right and it's a lot clearer actually um you tied into a lot of a lot of clear points. You were talking to you about, uh, I think you said a Catholic, uh, you know, person who his son committed suicide over this issue. Uh, he what? wasn't Catholic actually. He was. He, he's an atheist. He's been put off by religion. Oh, okay. Because because of the Catholic priest who told him that his son's going to hell basically after yeah. the funeral, which was um, and he, and I mean it was. I, the reason I brought that up is because we hear a lot about transgender suicide rate. Being mm-hmm. through the roof, but I've never met somebody. This was the first time I met somebody who's who'd had a personal experience with suicide. Like this guy's son committed suicide, and I, as I was saying, the grief on him was just permanent. Like you could, it's palpable. You can see it with him. It's there in the air constantly with him, and it destroys people's lives. These things. So, so I guess what I was getting at there is that as Muslims, even though we can't compromise at all, it's out of the question. It wouldn't be helpful to anybody. It'd be damaging to anybody if we. Started compromising on, on our Quranic, um, on our on our on our, you know, Islamic just position, clear position. Uh, we still have to treat it with the utmost tenderness in some situations and, and care and compassion, because because uh, you know th- there are horror stories like this, right, where a guy loses his his son to suicide and and it's and its whole world just comes crashing down, you know. Yeah. So we we end up having. Uh to navigate so many things mm-hmm. that this is not checkers anymore. This is a game of chess, yep. right? It's not a game of checkers uh, anymore where it's just a simple, you know, binary, 
you know, not to use the, to, no pun intended, but it's not a simple binary yeah. world that we live in, yeah. like the olden days, you know, where uh, you could afford to do that because we're dealing mm -hmm. now with people who have uh, so many different sensitivities. So we have to use our words, our language, our sarcasm and our emotion very wisely or else we'll end up becoming like a bull in a China store. Mm -hmm. Right. Where it, it, that was for sophisticated, the, the more the Prophet said, the situation will come upon you. That the Halim, who is very calm, cool, calm, collected, and very intelligent, mm -hmm. Hilm does not just mean calm and slow to anger, it also means very intelligent, it means slow to anger because they're very intelligent. Right. 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 He becomes bewildered by the amount of factors that come into play here. Right. Mm -hmm. And how. You know, language and words, have, whether we like it or not, they've become triggers to people. Yeah. And and that our message is not a simple one of just uh, closing people out. The mm -hmm. message is, and, and by the way, that's not even going to work. Because like you said, our own youth are have yeah. cognitive dissonance, right, mm -hmm. uh, on the issue. They've probably most in most cases i'd say 90 percent of the cases the whatever messaging from hollywood stars from youtube from tv from politics from school from friends mm. has reached them before religious teaching has reached them almost they've, always almost, almost always. always they've we've been beaten we don't have mm. the manpower to fight this fight right mm. we can't reach everybody we don't have the you know the um you know other factors of whether it's entertainment or otherwise um, of, of marketing power, you know, that the other side has. Yeah. And so they've internalized these things and you have to undo 25, you know, false presumptions or false assumptions before you even broach the topic. Right. Yeah. And so, and that's where it's needed this concept of, that's why I remember in our initial discussion, I think it was with you when I yeah. said that, the real solution, the only solution that I find is prolonged suhba with people yeah. of yeah. learning, you know, people of learning so that you could there, the, the, the levels of their, like the onion will be uh, come off one at a time. And you can start seeing yeah. what this message of Islam has done to them yeah. and what this followership of the Sunnah has given them in their life where yeah. you see, year after year year after year year after year that this person is stable mm -hmm. trustworthy and then their slip up is seen in light of that now mm -hmm. i actually have something where you know i usually don't talk about my personal situation but i i coach in a league i've been part of the league as a parent as an yeah. assistant coach as a full-time coach right for a certain sports league and <laughs> So, you know, week after week after week after week, every year, I see the same group of people pretty much, right? Yeah. We don't talk like high and by and that's it. But, yeah. you know, sometimes we do chit chat when I was assistant, when I was a, a, a head coach. Uh -huh. um, there was a moment where I completely got so flabbergasted by an official, a referee. Mm -hmm. And I really just got so upset at him, right? Yeah, I got so angry with him, right? And uh, in the context of it, I felt so terrible afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, these people, like, they might not know me, but they discover that you work in the masjid. They're going to think, you know, what was that? Yeah. So, you know, like 50% of the people there know me, maybe 50% don't. So I actually had to, I felt for a whole week, just so terrible. Right. Mm. By the way, I was right. The lead contacted me and told me that I was right. Mm. Right. They contacted me to not to apologize per se, but sort of to apologize to tell me that I was right. Like the call was beyond terrible. Right. But they just said, we just hope that you realize that they're a kid. They're the referee is a young kid and everything like that. I said, not only that, do I realize that I regret the whole thing. Right. Yeah, I went out on my way and I, you know, went out and got him a gift, um, whatever. Mm. And my son was like, why is this? You didn't have to do that much. Right. I said, no, no. You know, we have to make the, the I believe Rasulullah's impression may be at, at this moment, because mm. if they look at you and they look at, uh, uh, you know, and they say, oh, you're the person in the mosque. Mm. And it's going to be very different than if my name was just Abdullah, so-and-so, and I'm an engineer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, no, I, I really care about making a positive impression. Yeah. And no, if I upset this, yeah, I upset this guy once. Um, and and I, I went and made sure that he was happy a couple times afterwards, right? Like just by interactions and I gave him a gift. It's the same idea here where uh, we have to look at we have to have a suhba with we want mm. muslims to the only way to really give a dawah is a long term suhba mm. with indivi- with muslim youth for example where yeah. they see you in so many different spheres of life that they really know you inside out right yeah. and some people ask me like why do you do these things with the youth and you go out in jeans and you go to the city and you know is 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 that what the fuqaha do i said look i'm dealing with the reality that's in front of my face right. Right. I don't have time to try to make a reputation for myself okay. of a sheikh and have like I never change out of my thobe. Mm. I, I just can't afford to do that right now. I have to be on the ground. Right. And of and you, you got to avoid the disasters before you produce something you know pretty. Right. Exactly. So we say dar avoiding hardships. Qabla, it comes as prioritized over jalb al so, yeah, it's wonderful to have in the community a sheikh who is always wearing the thobe, who only speaks with Allah said and his messenger said, and you only see him in the dars, and he worships Allah so well, you know, that the nur is coming off his face. That's really good. But who's it good for? Mm-hmm. Only the one who has been trained to care. Right? You know what? That's such an important point. Because um, actually, so a view that I'm really sympathetic to actually yeah. is that is that um, in terms of your dawah um, as minorities, uh, as Muslim minorities living in the UK, one of the um, kind of a really effective way that I've found is actually shedding clothes that are not um, that are not indigenous to the place that you are. So there is a way to actually be, and it's a little bit off topic, but it's actually related in an important way. Um, you know, uh, wearing clothes that are indigenous, for example, me to the UK that are that are local and that are recognized that are still um you know meeting up to the sharia requirements right so that yeah. they're you know that I'm still 100% um, sharia compliant and conformant in that sense as as, as the, in the principles and the and the rules and regulations in that in that regard mm-hmm. but but I'm also in a in a way that connects to 
to the guy at school who I'm talking to and my little cousin who who's at school in the UK and who doesn't have, you know, a whole lot of guidance in his life and who, who I'm trying to chat to and, 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 and you know, kind of um, and, and, and build a relationship and, and build a sense of trust to. He's going to take one look at, you know, this guy in a thobe in the middle of February in the UK when it's snowing outside and think, what is, you know, this guy's Islam just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't take into account the fact that it needs to be warm in winter in the in the UK, you know. Yeah. Like 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 you know, things like that. It, it's actually it's actually quite an important point. And 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 it's and I hundred percent agree with you your point about, you know, conversations and relationships with people being the primary and one of the most important, if not the most important way in terms of relieving this cognitive dissonance right yeah and and we're we're in a we're in a situation here where we're on the front lines right and Mm -hmm. it's like mike tyson said you know everyone's got a strategy until you get hit with the first punch so when 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 we're sitting here you have an option you know one of the local kids in the masjid um is not interested in being reached Mm -hmm. so that he i mean like I said earlier, that the ideal sheikh and everything, yeah. Who res- who benefits from that? Only the yeah. person who's been taught to care, yeah. by their parents or otherwise. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I got in the community in the masjid people who do not care, mm-hmm. right? And he's got a whole bunch of ideas in his head that you know, we find is a problem. It's going to mm-hmm. be a problem for him, right? Yeah. It's a problem. So how am I going to deal with this? And you literally have to make a decision right now. You can't sit there and make a dissertation about this. No. You have to decide within mm-hmm. a few weeks to take action. And sometimes that calls for you to sort of, you know, do things that a traditional uh, path of a faqih or a student of knowledge would not do, right? Uh, but, but do you have a choice, right? Are you just going to mm-hmm. let the kid? You can't communicate with people the way you want to. Yeah, because you'll yeah. lose them otherwise. Exactly. You have to communicate to people the way they can receive the communication, mm-hmm. right? In, in, in a way that they can receive it. So younger people, they are, don't have the maturity or experience yet to realize that, you know, I could, you know, I have to respect this person's position. Mm-hmm. They just don't have that. It's not like, I mean, I could, you know, bring a doctor from, uh, or an engineer or a banker or whatever from my neighbors and say, Hey, listen, I'd like for you to listen to this lecture. And he'd be mature enough to say, okay, no problem. I come and listen to it. And he appreciates that. And he recognizes that the person front, the scholar in front of me may, he dresses differently. He speaks yeah. a different language, but his logic, you know, according to, you know, his logic of his speech shows clearly he's educated. Yeah. And so he can respect that. You know, and he could separate in his mind, okay, his language, his accent, his clothes is one issue. His points are another issue. All right. That's really nice. But that's not humanity. That's a sliver Mm -hmm. of people. So it's where I say that we have to we have no choice but to take into account the sensitivities that you mentioned. The fact that the issue uh, this issue of of Luat's. Mm-hmm. And, and all this other stuff is intertwined into now the family lives, family memories, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, suicides, uh, all sorts of emotional traumas. Okay, right. so your parent of a suicide, uh, you know, that's an emotional trauma. There's nothing less than a trauma, right? I don't overuse the word trauma, but 
How many people have experienced that? 0.001% of the population. So it's a trauma for sure, uh, because it's a terrible experience that very few people go through in life. And that's where we have to become extremely uh, you know, sensitive. And I am the, I'm actually very difficult. It's very hard for me to be sensitive, to be honest with you. It's not my forte. I'm not a caregiver or, you know, a uh, sensitive type. Uh, it's just not my nature. Uh, but seeing that there are minds, minds like M-I-N-E-S, uh, that mm. could blow up in your face, seeing that the messenger of Allah's rep, how people think of Islam and the prophet mm. is at stake, I, I have to. And if some people who are young and maybe maybe immature, I think they're immature, and who are maybe inclined to extremes and they want to see blood, they won't like it. But that's something that we have to make them like it. But right? you know what? It shouldn't be something controversial because we're not, we're not, the, the thing is that you're not, nobody's calling, um, and the people who are on the fringes, nobody mainstream is calling for anything that is against the Sharia or, or, put or like pushing the bounds of Islam. In fact, it's the opposite, right? People are calling for us to remain firmly and uncompromisingly within the bounds of Islam and embody that most beautiful or try increasingly to embody that most beautiful thing, which is the soft heartedness yeah. right? that the Prophet yeah. embodied. And, you know, the, the key to the transformation that happened you know, um, fourteen hundred and what? What is it now? Fourteen hundred and forty-two years ago, is was mm-hmm. is, is is one that that was you know because of the overwhelming beauty and 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 uh, overwhelmingness of the Quran itself as a miracle, and because of the overwhelming beauty and soft-heartedness and just you know compassion and kindness of the Prophet and that can yeah. sometimes. Be manifest in being firm and being uncompromising on the issue. In fact, it often can be in manifest, manifest in being firm and uncompromising on the issue. I, I don't it think shouldn't, it should not be compassionate in what should always, always be compassionate and sincere. Yeah, and I don't think that a person who can neither can cannot balance both mm. is strong. Yeah, something is is weak about the person. And by the way, being weak is not a crime. Mm-hmm. You know, being weak is not a crime. It's something you have to fix, but it's not a crime. So oftentimes if I'm tempted to something and you're mm-hmm. tempting me and I'm weak on this matter, right? What am I, how am I going to react with a great amount of aggression towards you? Yeah. Because you're actually getting me right. And I'm, and I'm about to fall for your temptation, but if someone's strong, okay, then it's quite easy for them to remain compassionate while you know resisting and that's where you know it's funny that the the bush uh, republicans they said compassionate conservatism right which right. i mean we're not going to take their slogan but it's interesting i mean they came across oh, the same thing definitely, definitely. yeah they came across the same idea because that republican party i don't know if they i don't think they have the same you know they're exactly clear on it today but that no. republican party was complete traditional marriage right and um but they needed to the the marketing of it was that if you're against this you're mean you're insensitive yeah. and and then yeah. they go and sort of brilliantly in a sense like de- mm. deviously i should say uh, linking it to what the things that you just said like yeah. suicide 
oh, so you're against this. Okay, so you're just, so what about these suicides? It's like, I have any, like my religion has anything to do with that, right? Uh, Is that what I said? It's completely, and I, I, I have this clip here where she did this to the poor imam, you know, let me actually find this clip. You know, let me play this clip. What about gay, lesbian rights and inequality? This is purely about proselytizing uh, a, a homosexual way of life. So it's interesting you, that you use that word, proselytizing. Um, you've also said that this is about indoctrination and recruitment. Do you think children can be recruited to be gay? Well, you, you can condition them to accept this as being a normal way of life. And it, it makes uh, the children more promiscuous as they grow older. So you think that by being taught these lessons, children will possibly become more promiscuous? Absolutely, yes. And potentially gay when they wouldn't have been before? Well, I mean, uh, whether they become gay or not, but they can certainly enter into gay relationships. So there is, you know, the first misunderstanding from this reporter, where she says she, she imagines that the issue is our is a person's feelings about attraction mm. people are tend to be surprised that that's the last of concern you're, you're not sinful for your attraction it's a big problem for you because your parents expect you to get married right then you you have an issue i'm not saying you'd have a problem your your life will not be the same if you're not attracted to women and you're attracted to men or vice versa but that's in in islam that's not the issue allah himself does not judge a person on who they are attracted to Right. And he tries to, I think, explain that by saying that it's about what they believe. So let's listen on here. We're happy to uh, uh, li- live with them, to, together with them, with, with mutual respect and tolerance. But that's not what they want. But how can it be tolerant when you believe that they are trying to convert children to be gay? If you well, believe that's a possibility, if you tell them their, li- their lifestyle is morally wrong, how can you coexist in tolerance? We, we, we uh, you know, if someone who doesn't believe in my morals, I don't consider them Islamophobic. Uh, you, you can still live with mutual respect and tolerance, but this is more than that. It's like that they, they want to convert you. They want to convert your morality, uh, and, and, and that's just wrong. Okay, so, so he did answer the question. He said, it's not about them behaving as homosexuals, or, or uh, sorry, uh, uh, becoming you know, homosexual mm. in their attraction. It's about believing that this is Accepting, fine right. and okay act, yeah. right? And that's yeah. the whole point. And that, and that, you know, there's no way that a Muslim will ever budge on that. You see how it sort of was twisted up for, for the man there. And he mm. did answer it properly where it was sort of twisted as, and it does sound ridiculous. Oh, you think that just by learning a lesson, the kid's going to change. Uh, well, no, that's not our point. Our point is an issue of belief, right? Um, and that's where the discourse on this, at some point, there's sometimes you have to say, look, we have our beliefs at the end of the day. And, you know, you might differ with that, but that's fine. And that attitude, it's true. It gets a point across. It's not an exclamation point, right? However, it doesn't, effect it's it there's no negative there if someone's looking on to that let's say your friend who was uh or your your classmate i should say that you know her mom has, she has two moms that she's okay well that's his belief and he's not budging from that but if i would say look this is what we believe that's it 
you take your disgusting thing and leave. And I don't care whether you like it or not. At that point, what kind of reaction is, is, is that? No, exactly. You know? Exactly. It's the way you frame, it's the way you, you frame things, the way you talk about things. And, and some people are going to be, are going to react badly. They're going to react badly. Even if you say it in the most clear, but compassionate way, they'll still react badly. They'll still go like, Oh my goodness. You know, that's so homophobic. How, how you know, this is the way people, you know, how can you, you know, uh, it's just so unethical and they'll yeah. just have this kind of condescending tone. They'll, you know, it, it'll, it'll be ridiculous for them. And you can't change, we can't change that as well. We can't control their reaction. They're going to reject the truth sometimes. That, that happens. A hundred percent. You cannot please everyone. It's not our goal to please everyone. And, uh, but it should not be because it's our fault. Nobody mm. hated the Prophet because of something the Prophet did. Right. And Allah even tells us it's because the ayat yajhadun. It's because of Allah. The truth is what they hate. Mm, they exactly. never the Prophet never gave them an ammunition to right. hate him or to mock him or to hate Islam or make kufr because of him. Okay? And we're doing that, unfortunately. We are actually too often falling into the trap where we are giving people ammunition based mm -hmm. on the way that we react to something, based on our characters, not accurately. Yeah. Um, be, being a mirror in mm -hmm. some small way for the Prophet Sam's character, we're not doing that at all. In you know, often in these discussions, yeah. and 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 you're going to put people off, um, you know, non-Muslims who who deserve to have an, a, a, a well-balanced hour given to them, but you're also going to push your own youth into the arms of the people who are who are so accepting of of, of everything and you know and, and anything, right? Mm -hmm. By by being by by letting your character, um, uh, you know, um, your your ego kind of kind of uh, make 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 you into a, a shouty kind of um, aggressive um, person yeah. that, that puts people off. You're yeah. gonna increase the confusion for your own Muslim kids who are who are who are confused about this and who need clarity on this. They don't need to be told that they're unnatural and there are different classes of people and that, that this is ridiculous. They need to be they need to be sat down and and talked to as people and and they need to be told look we're talking about the nature of attraction here we're talking about the nature of beauty this is halal this is haram and now let's talk about 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 you know these deeper things and and, and, and you know have a conversation with them that's not going to push them into into the arms of the people who are saying you know they're all backwards come here and, and live and live what you and, and live what you want to live they need to be yeah, yeah. you know dealt with in a certain way that is that is that is clever and that is and that is not just clever but in a sinister way not at all but like smart but but sincere you know that you're trying to genuinely bring healing and peace to this to, you know uh, yeah and not and not only that it's it's exactly like you said there are two camps and i think you sent me like a blurb here like there are two camps here mm. uh when it comes to this there's one that's all music videos and it's fun and it's popular and it's fashion mm -hmm. and it's now in the NBA, it's in sports, it's in everything. Okay. There's that. And then there's the little local neighborhood masjid and a few Muslims on the internet. Right. And maybe my family or my grandma or grandpa or whatever. There is that. Now, again, this is not about, it doesn't have to have theory. This is something that's what we call in Arabic, al-amr al-waqa, which is the, the affair that's right in front of your face. Right. It has Everyone. descended upon you. And that's the choice. 
So any choice that would any action that would cause a person, you know, non-sanctioned from Allah and his messenger that mm -hmm. would cause a person to go into the wrong path, then we are the fitna because oh. the Prophet ﷺ got upset with a companion, Mu'adh ibn Jabal, who out of his love and zeal with for the Quran and Islam, used mm -hmm. to recite, he used to pray with the Prophet ﷺ in the city, in Medina, then go out back to his, where he lived and his community in the farmland in the, which is a little further out. Mm -hmm. And they used to, pray, and then pray actually with them and you pray a long prayer, right? Alif Lam, Meem, Baqarah, and the Sahab, the the Sahaba there, they're farmers. They have to get up early the next day. They would salam out of the prayer, and they would go pray on the side, and they would go home. Muadh bin Jabir was told that they're salaming out of the prayer. They're calling their own iqama, praying with short surahs, and going home. Muadh said they're munafiqs. Right now, uh, this man came to the Prophet and complained. He said, Your student Mu'adh, like you know, he's closer to the Prophet, Mu'adh is accusing me of nifaq. And the Prophet said, Mu'adh, how could this be? He said, He salams out of the prayer, he wants to pray a small, quick prayer. And Allah says in the Quran, right? They don't remember Allah except very little, so he doesn't like to hear the Quran. And he rather say small surahs and go home. The Prophet ﷺ told him, shorten the prayer. And but he first said, anta ya Are you someone who's causing fitna in people's deen? Right? Mm -hmm. You're causing them a fitna. Right. And so the Prophet ﷺ, uh, then said to him, shorten the prayer because there's the worker, there's the weak, there's the elder, there's the sick, etc. Right? Mm -hmm. And so this is a serious issue because it angered the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Exactly. You know, it angered the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so, as we, as I said, those people who are flipping out, they're not the enemy. And, and you know, we have this whole clip here that I only showed portion of it, but they're not our enemy. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it, it does have, this is a game of chess now. It's not a game of checkers. There's a lot of factors involved. And there are choices we have are not great choices. The choice yeah. of, okay, fine. I mean, I'll just do not. If we do nothing to, to act upon this and to take it seriously, these, the youth, you know, that we deal with in the masajid, in our families and your friend circles, they will just go that other route, right? Mm. And the default now, the default, they don't have to actively go that route. The default of what a human being today in the world today, mm. I, and I would actually, you know, venture to say the world, not America, not England, the world is a great sympathy for Komlut is uh, at least a, a, or a cringe feeling of any words that would go against Komlut, right? Yeah. And as I said earlier, and I said in other places, the position, the, 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 the position of Muslims is not just that we don't support something. It is to be against something, yeah. right? And he cannot, you know, sort of cut that language out of our platform. You know, mm -hmm. if, if we had a Muslim platform uh, supporting certain things, you know, not just it will be absent from our list. No, we are against it. We would like to see yeah. it. Zero of it happen. Like what's our position on alcohol? Muslims are against mm -hmm. selling and drinking alcohol. No, we are for, you know, that nobody drinks alcohol. Not that we 
don't want to drink alcohol. We hope to see nobody gets intoxicated ever again. Right. Exactly, and that, that alcohol point is actually really interesting because what what how do we frame it as Muslims when we're talking about alcohol? Mm-hmm. You know, there's about there's almost like you know I, I don't know if you guys know about the NHS here in the UK. It's our national health service. There's about there's almost ten percent of referrals to the yeah. NHS, the national health service in the UK, are in some way related to alcohol. When we talk, when I have discussions with my friends about about alcohol, non-Muslims and stuff, and we're having these debates and discussions, I'm framing it in a way, and we frame it in a way that that we're talking about what is what is in people's best interests yeah what is what is most damaging and hurtful and harmful to people mm-hmm. you know and 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 by framing it in those things sincerely framing it in those terms what is that what is actually damaging to people what's most um, helpful for them what's what's best for them what will bring them peace what will damage them when you frame it in those terms you you make it clear that you're concerned about people you know about about them you care for them genuinely and that's what we need in this discussion we need to frame things in the sense you know like you know um it's that example that you gave that that story from from the time of the prophet that's perfect that was just i was that was such a perfect um kind of point to draw out for from this you know for this issue as well we need to be talking about about when we're framing this this discussion we need to be saying what we're saying this because it's it's what's best for you and it's not what's least damaging. And this is actually damaging for for our society. It's hurting people. It's it's bringing the, you know we're in a society. There's a book I think by an American author called Prozac Nation, uh-huh. right? Yeah. The whole nation practically is on Prozac. Depressed, you know, yeah. Depressed. They're all depressed. There's anti-depression uh, um, depression rates and anxiety rates, clinical depression, acute anxiety. It's through the roof in mm-hmm. our age. You know, people are, are, are confused. People are depressed. People people don't know what's what anymore. We talk. We're trying to. We're trying to talk here about something that's clear mm-hmm. and something that brings peace and healing. And yeah. we care about people. We don't. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to push them into. Yeah. You know, into into in, in, away from us into into further hard, hardship and harm. So we need to be framing our discussion and feel it in our heart in a way that's sincerely caring about people and what's best for them. What's least what's not going to actually hurt them and damage them and damage our, our society. Mm-hmm. And when we start using that, that, that kind of language, then, then you'll see people's hearts open up. Some people will still reject it, yeah. but some people's hearts will open up. Uh, you and know, I guarantee that. I, uh, uh, yeah. And at the very least, when, uh, at the very, very least, if we're totally rejected, we're not rejected because mm-hmm. it's our fault. Right. Exactly. You know, and and that's the that's the first thing that you have to defend against is that you are free from blame just because a person is doing da'wah, they love Allah, they love His Messenger, not necessitate that he's free from blame, mm. right? Uh, you have to do things in the right way, and like you said earlier here, if a person truly cares about a society, and here we are, we're in it, right? As long as we're in it, we might as well be invested and do things right. One thing that cannot happen, which the previous generation, and you can give them a pass for it. If they were immigrants, I don't know if your parents are all immigrants, but mine were right. But there is a limitation on how much how involved they can be in society just for the sake of culture. Right. Mm. Many of them also had like a care less thing like you guys. I mean, we hate you guys. Right. You look what you guys did to us. Right. But that's a total cognitive dissonance in my point, because like, why were you here? Okay, mm-hmm. um, you exactly. know why? Why would you? You're 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 just in complete cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Or at the very least, yeah. it was this attitude of like, uh, you know, we don't we 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 don't really care about what's going on. But if we're truly having this attitude that 
these are the creation of Allah that we would hope that guidance comes to them. That's mm. what we want. Then that compassion should be be visible in many other spheres of society. It's not just this one issue that you'll be harping on, right? Yeah. You would be involved in in hunger mm. crises. You'd be involved in many other things. Now, a person can't be in a, th a thousand things at once, right? But you can be in at least one. Prophet Sallallahu said, you know, tell people about me even if it's just one ayah. That mm. applies to everything else. In other words, like, for example, you know, you can't advocate or, you know, do relief work in every single crisis. But no. you can have one at least. Don't get shut out. Don't be a zero. Don't be a goose egg, right? At least the, the, someone in society should testify that, yeah, yeah, the, these guys, they come around and they help out. Right, and that's and you know what that that changes discussions as well. That 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 girl that I was talking to you about from from this um, interfaith discussion club at school. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons we were on good terms um, prior to that discussion and continue to be afterwards was because of you know a, a big part of that, those discussions in in other sessions, not 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 this one, was yeah. we were talking about the, you know the environment and environmentalism and you know she, she was she was a vegan and she cared a lot about the environment and I was. And I brought a lot to the discussion in terms of the Islamic viewpoint on this, right? So I actually think that people are insecure about, about a lot of these kind of things when they're coming at it from a Muslim perspective. But I, I took the exact opposite position and, and, and decided that no, Islam has the most to offer on this, on, this, on this topic. It's not just that, you know, there's a big environmental movement going on at the moment and you hear a lot of, there's going to be nothing left for our grandchildren. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, as a Muslim, it's not. That's not what it's about. Yeah. It's about it's about the ayat of Allah in nature. Uh -huh. You know the the beauty. You know there's a reason that the Quran bangs on. Not bangs on. Not believe this. Disrespectful to say that, but but repeats, like and emphasizes again and again and again. It's interwoven with mm -hmm. with, with with its spirit, right? The the idea of of Allah subhanahu wa taala's um, ayat in, in nature, right? The beauty of His creation, respecting protecting the those those signs you yeah. know so 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 I, I brought that to the discussion on those on those topics when we discussed those things and you know what I found I found that she these people respect I went on a march on an environmentalism march that we had in the UK here mm -hmm. um, with all my school with all my schoolmates and this individual that I'm talking about this this girl who was brought up by two two months she held up my poster and and my on this march which had an ayah from the Quran on it about, yeah. about things, you mm -hmm. know, what does that tell you about the potential for these discussions? You know, when the daughter of two, you know, where she's got two moms at home who raised her can hold above her head, a poster with an ayah from the Quran on it. Yeah. Because you've made that, 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 um, you know, that connection on, 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 a, on, a, on, a, you know, you, you've, you've, You've said you've branched out exactly like you were saying on different issues. You can, people can see uh -huh. that you're you're a person who's who's who cares about 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 the world, about other issues, about homelessness, about this, about that. And you're sincere in those beliefs. It's not just you know for identity purposes, you know, because you're so woke, because you exactly. know you're you're young, you're this or that. No, your religion, your whole mm -hmm. way of life is inspiring you to do these things. Well, then you can have a holistic discussion also about this issue, about same-sex attraction. You can give your views in a respectful, compassionate, but clear, but an uncompromising way. And you know what? People are, people are not going to 
are not gonna you know bite your head off about it actually a lot of the time sometimes they will but but a lot of the time they they won't and you'll have a really productive discussion on it yeah know? well uh it can't be for marketing purposes it can't be fake and that's why exactly. i said that um it's it, it's it, truth comes out over years and decades mm-hmm. like you, the truth or reality of a person comes out over years and decades because that's mm-hmm. where ikhlas is not just tested by it's tested by a lot of things ikhlas or sincerity is tested by many different things uh, but the last test of ikhlas is the test of time where nothing happens neither good nor bad for years and decades and that's really what tests a person's ikhlas right imam al-haddad was once asked you know you know what is the reaction to a da'ya he said that you know it could be a reaction of people follow him people hate him right but he said in most cases no no there will be no reaction and that's actually a test of ikhlas and so that's where i believe that um regardless of what people think now that your position is not extreme enough it's not crazy enough it's not loud enough there's not enough exclamation points and flipping out others will think well your belief is so homophobic so this that and the other and they put whatever terms on it right Uh, regardless of those Let's talk after years and decades. Let years and decades pass and let's see the result. Mm. You know, let's see which community. Number one, remain stable in itself. Mm. Number two, maintain the was able to transmit its its religion to its kids and to, you know, its community. And who fizzled out or found it to be so extreme, they went to the opposite extreme only time will tell so let's wait let's let's each one go their own path and let's see what happens and then when people see the body of work right you know this phrase body of work yeah they oftentimes their opinion will change and guess what here's the thing if even if their opinion doesn't change it's the right way to do things exactly you know exactly and you're not doing it to change exactly as you said you're not doing it to change as some kind of strategic marketing way. You, that's not what Darwin is about. You're not trying to manipulate people. And, and, and obviously, it's, it, you've got to protect your image. The Prophet took that into account at times. We see that in, in the theater. You, you have to be aware of, of your image as a, yeah. as a, as a community. That's, that's, you, know, you can't be naive about that. But, but the primary goal, the primary um, the motivator is not is not is not you're not looking seeking to be you know to, to advertise yourself or market yourself in a particular way in a very clever scheming way no it's coming from, it should come from a place of sincerity that that all of these people are are benny adam and we have and they are entitled to um, a degree of dignity and respect from us as muslims in that we're seeking to first of course fix our own community right yeah. address that that little boy Who's or, or teenager, right? Muslim, Muslim, Muslim guy or girl who's who's got living with cognitive dissonance and stuff and confusing themselves. But you know, we've got to address those things on the mm-hmm. side of that. Yeah. But also, but also anyone else and everyone, you know, they're, they're both the same issue. That that boy within our community or that boy who's a non-Muslim. Yeah. They're both. They're both. They're both. They're both people with with souls who who need healing in their lives. Who need who need that the peace of Islam in their life. And that's that's the objective to bring healing. To people's lives not to not to you know to, to to bring them onto your team you know like like win them over onto into your camp yeah. like we're not trying to we're not trying to win people over in a sense that like oh come and join mine you know that's what cults do 
Yeah. Islam is not a cult. Mm-hmm. Islam is, is, is so not a cult. Islam is, a, is, is, is interested in questions of truth mm-hmm. and, and meaning. And that's what, that's the discussion we're trying to have with people. And you're only, only going to make, you're only going to um, affect people's lives in a good way. Yeah. In, in our context of, you know, 21st century, you know, with things getting as crazy as they are, you're only gonna you're only gonna bring people healing if you can have that compassion and that sincerity and that you know humility to, to you know to not not shout in their face and push yeah. them into the into the arms of of you know of of a secular way of life. Yeah. So uh, you know, like as you're saying here, as time goes on, uh, something things got to get more and more refined. They got to get improved, yeah. and and the 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 scene is always changing, right? And that's what it is. This it's the scene that's changing, but our essence has can never change. Mm-hmm. Our teaching and our belief it will never change. Simple as that. Yeah. Our approach may need to be adjusted, mm-hmm. right? And that adjustment must have a basis in the book yeah. and the sunnah. Mm-hmm. And nothing in commanding right and forbidding wrong, or in teaching the dean or what have you, makes any statement that requires it us to be you know uh, in uh, mocking insulting mm-hmm. etc was there ever a time where there's mockery in islam yeah there is and it's judged right mm-hmm. there's a judgment of when it's not an absolute you know you don't absolutely there is a time where there's mockery in islam and there are times when the quran mocks something or where the prophet created a name for abu jahl right as a mockery, uh, Abu Lahab is a name of mockery. So mockery, sarcasm, these things do have a place. But what kind of matter is it? It's a maslaha type of matter. When your community, like look at when the Prophet him, all of those monikers and those uh, na- nicknames for people came about. It came about when they were in a weak position, right? Mm. And needed to instill some some confidence, right? And... You know, and that and that they were truly being oppressed badly, yeah. right? We're in a different position. Are we weak? Yes, we're in a weak position. Are we being oppressed badly? Well, yeah, not, I can't really say we're being oppressed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a game of pers- you know, you know, temptation and persuasion. They're trying to convince your minds. But in the end of the day, my point is that the utilization of these strategies of making fun of something, of mocking it, okay. It's all about maslaha. It's not absolute. There's a time if you see that it can work, all right, then you may apply it, right? And if a person sees that, no, this is not going to work. This is, in fact, totally wrong. Uh, it's It has negative consequences. Yeah, it's going to be the opposite. Right? It's going to be the opposite. Prophet wasallam said to the Sahaba, Ikrim is coming, so do not say anything bad about Abu Jahad anymore, mm-hmm. right? And, and by the fun. way, the name, the transformation of the name Abu al-Hakam to Abu al-Jahl is not just from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you know, mocking him. There's actually an element of truth to that. Mm. He's actually saying the truth because if his name was Abu al-Hakam, the, key, the, the man of, the, the wise man, basically, mm-hmm. and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam changed it to the, you know, the ignorant man, the man, the one of ignorance. Right, it's Abu does not always mean father of. It could just mean possession, yeah. right, in Arabic. So the same with Sahib. Sahib doesn't always mean friend. It could mean keeper of or the possessor of. 
And so, you know, the prophet's actually clarifying truth here, that he's not a man of wisdom at all, because that's a misleading name. And we're not going to refer to him with that name. Okay. We're going to refer to him with his truth name, which is the one of ignorance. But in any event, if someone was to say, oh, hey, hold on, the religion is filled with mockery. And there is a time to do this and to annoy your enemy. Yes, I 100% agree. Uh, and I've, because I'm the one who said this, uh, you know, I said that to annoy your enemy does have a place in Islam because it makes them not think straight. And when they don't think straight, they don't succeed, right? It gets them emotional and riled up. However, there's a time and a place for everything. And if something would backfire against you, then you don't employ it. And I'm telling you, and it doesn't take any common sense that when you're dealing with like a lot of Muslim youth, let alone non-Muslim youth yeah. and a lot of innocent people who didn't do anything wrong to deserve that, uh, it's going to backfire. And you're going to just let people go to the other side. They're going to find you to be an easy excuse. If I was 50-50 yeah. on the fence, now I'm not. Because yeah. if that's the product of the prophet's teaching, uh, no, thank you. I don't want it, you know. And people are complicated. Like, like the, the people that you're, that you're that we're talking about, that we're talking to, that are dealing with these issues and struggling with them, they're not they're not black and white in terms of in, in themselves. Often they they they've been secularized by their society in part in certain areas, um, just naturally, uh, unavoidably, and often they'll still have like you know. That, that that gem of faith still hidden somewhere inside of them and that that yearning for you know so it, they're complex that you know it's 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 they to dealt to deal with them with softness is often gonna just unlock that and be and be the calling and the, yeah. the healing that, that that they need and and the other point I just go back to is what 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 you you were saying earlier and what we discussed earlier which is that those those instances of of, of mocking that we find, you know, even potentially in the Quran or you know in Sunnah, etc., they would, you know, that's there's, that's being done by Allah, and that's being done by the most pure-hearted, soft-hearted, most um, most uh, you know uh, incredible man to ever walk the face mm -hmm. of the earth. You know, it's not how how are we so confident? Yeah, you know, in ourselves that we're living up to that, that we're just throwing out these 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 this, this mocking. And this, and, and you know, and 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 these jests, etc., here, there, and everywhere. Mm -hmm. How how are we that confident when when you know often we the the chas it's often a chasm between our characters and the you know profiles, you know not to you know uh, kind of put us down too much or anything like that. Obviously, we will try etc. to live up to to his character etc. Mm -hmm. But but there's often a chasm between between our embodiment of Islam and his in his you know on certain issues and 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 so we have to we have to just give ourselves a reality check a look in the mirror and say you know hold hold your horses you're not you're not you know you haven't got the you're not reached that point where you're sincerely getting angry only for the sake of Allah purely and you're not letting your own kind of anger and rage and ego you know um kind of kind of cross over into that there's a big difference between anger for mm -hmm. the sake of Allah in a pure sense which is a beautiful thing and a pure thing and a needed thing and there's a huge difference between that and the anger that's most commonly seen in a society which is which ultimately comes from 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 us right from and yeah and a, a very important point that you're bringing because someone might ask well how do you know my anger is this way or that way well the answer very simply is that 
the one of the things that Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Shaghuri, you know, rahimahullah passed away, uh, that he said, or that he was described by, was that his anger was always very brief, and he could never be described as being an angry person, right? And so, did he have anger? Yeah, he had anger. But it was so brief, and it was always very quickly shifted out of that anger right. into right. even, you know, something generous towards the person he was angry right. to. But the point being is that what is a sign of anger for the sake of Allah is that it's not constant, right? Mm-hmm. You're not always angry. You're not always mocking something. It's not like you got a personal hangup, right? It's not like that. And that's it's such an important feature that to realize that anger for the sake of Allah is always something that is uh, uh, rare. It's like, if that's the case, anger for the sake of Allah, and you're always angry, you you should move then, right? Or, I mean, if you're, it's not the right, then who would want to join that religion? That if I join, I guess I'll have to be angry 24 hours a day. No. You know, and so that's the issue there. And um, the sign of, you know, anger that's based in truth is that it's actually quite rare, right? It's mm-hmm. not something that is going to happen every single day. That means we really got to believe now that you actually have a problem, mm-hmm. your person or your religion is like that. Right? And most people are not going to want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really good discussion and i found this uh young man to be really thoughtful i mean who is more reckless you know than me in the podcast to bring someone complete stranger on the podcast and put it on but i guess like i'm a decent judge of character right and of of people's content or or you know uh approach to things because we talked for about an hour that day and i just i usually don't you know i don't know why for some reason i said yeah fine let's talk right and I think your emails were well-worded. They were smart. And I just happened, they just happened to get on my radar. And I think you asked too. Now I'll watch this. I'm going to get like 30 requests a day to talk on Zoom, which is not going to be possible. Not because I don't want to talk to people, but it's just physically not possible. But this has worked out. You brought up some great points. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast, is, this Phoenix Society podcast is, you know, let's let's get a feel of what's going on on the front lines. Like, quote unquote, the streets, right? It's not the streets, but quote unquote, the streets. And you brought some, you know, really good perspectives here. And I always like, and I've been told, I've been taught, always remain in communication with those older than you, those of your age, and those younger than you. And that will, you know, give a complete perspective of things. And you have to always be in communication with the elder and with the younger, uh, as well as your own peers. And they said, the elders, so you know where life is headed and what's really important and what's not. Your peers, so that you can measure your, your, your opinions on things against theirs and matters of judgment, and so that you can check your heart if your heart is has jealousy or not. By being in touch with your peers, you know, people are jealous of their peers. They're not jealous of the elder or the younger. They're jealous of their, they have envy towards their peers. So if you're in constant touch with them, you're grading your heart. You're able to see if you have envy and you're able to remove it and be part of the jama'ah. And by being in touch with the youth, you can actually see what's happening, you know, and where the future is headed. Because whether we like it or not, the youth are our future. And uh, my young man here, Ryan, 
you know, you, you one day will be the elder to somebody else. And we have to keep on this, this link in this tradition of always being in touch with the elder, your peers, and the youth. And that in our religion, there's no shame at all in whatsoever in even learning from the youth. Because if, if they have something good to say, it says, it's said in scholarship, no one has truly attained scholarship unless they have studied with those older than them, those equal to them in age, and those younger than them, which means he's overcome his ego and he wants to learn and he cares more about knowledge than ego. For me, I care so much about having perspective on what's going on in the world. And that's why, you know, I always try to make sure to be in touch with young people. So I, mean, Ryan, I wouldn't be able to sit here and, 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 and listen to that without, without making the you know, disclaimer that, 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 you know, all of, all of those, those kind of points and the perspective obviously have come from, from people, you know, alhamdulillah, that, that, that are, you know, people of, of knowledge in my life and, mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and the people around me. So, so, mm -hmm. so I, you know, I, I can't um, accept um, uh, kind of ownership or responsibility for any of that, but it's such an important point. I mean, you know, the, the elderly in, in the UK, I don't know how it is in America, but mm -hmm. people just shove them in, in, in care homes. And I've actually been speaking to my grandmother a lot recently, um, um, and she just tells me stories about her past. She's she's English, yeah. so she tells me about how things were in England when she was little. Um, and you know what? I learned so much from her. Even you know she's she's non-Muslim, but we're just talking, and um, and 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 so I mean I couldn't I couldn't you know have more respect for yeah for what, for what you just said. It's you know, I, and I think it's actually something that's being lost in the society. Mm, right I, you know i think that a lot for a lot of youth they they don't care for the elders mm. unless the elder conforms to their views of things mm. um you know like the or a lot of elders the youth have gone so they're in such another world and they're not really obligated to mm. talk right the way we are obligated we got to know what's going on and we got to talk uh and so as a result of that you know we end up with a big disconnect and um yeah i saw a tweet recently um you know this girl was saying uh my aunt voted for trump she's dead to me yeah and i was like and i was yeah. like whoa what i was yeah. like well, hold on. i'm a, i'm a muslim i i can't i can't stand trump i'm the yeah. last person who would ever defend him but how can you say that about you go, go talk to your aunt go, like, i know yeah. build a relationship or a connection don't <laughs> she's dead to you what yeah i actually i actually believe believe uh that one of the biggest things that we have um in our dean is this mix up of ages mm. right the idea that you can talk to somebody um or that that you should always be with you know youth mm. or you should always i mean sorry you should always be with a mix up of ages where anytime you go out it shouldn't just be adults out i mean there sometimes there are certain things that are appropriate and not but you're going out to eat right there should be no problem with some youth, some adults. That mix-up of age. We see this in Ramadan, Tarawih, everything. Mm -hmm. Mix-up of the ages. I think it gives such an emotional support to people, right? And to me, uh, it gives a, a feeling like we have a trend, a tradition that's being passed on. I don't have to be nervous about the, the future because I'm in touch with the, the people of the future, mm -hmm. right? Youth, whether we like it or not, they're going to be the future. One day, Allah is going to give them the reins and we're going to be retired, right? Uh, and we have to watch what they do with it. But if we were in touch with them, if we invested, you know, and, and listened, that's the most important thing. 
And that's why I love listening to you. I also love to listen to elders because they make you realize that half the things you're actually flipping out on are not that big of a deal, right? Life goes on. It's always going on. Allah always brings different tests to people and Allah is very forgiving. And there's going to be a time in your life where the happenings of today are not your number one agenda, right? You've raised your kids and all you can do now is prepare for your akhirah. And I've seen many elders in my community that reach that point where mm. I trust my kids. I have now a couple sons and daughters who are now in mid middle age. I trust them with the welfare of the grandkids and the community. Right. And I think they could do a better job than I can. And that allows me to just focus on my own akhirah and, and everything else. And I've seen that, right. I've seen people who do that and who wake up, have breakfast with their wife, you know, then open up the Quran, recite some Quran, and they take it easy, but they're purifying themselves mm -hmm. and realizing, oh, that's where we're headed. Okay, good. I'm happy about that. You know, that's really nice. So so I can relax a little bit because that's where, inshallah, we'll get to. Mm -hmm. So I thank you very much for coming on. And mm -hmm. who knows, maybe we'll do this again sometime since yeah. it was, a, I think, a really fruitful conversation. And we'll see, you know, uh, you know what people say and what kind of reaction we get to this podcast. Uh, hopefully people will really benefit from it. I'm definitely going to share it with some of the moms and dads uh, who have high school youth. In the mm -hmm. So again, thank you so much for coming on and taking Thanks, the time. Sir. Thank you. And we we'll look forward uh, to talking again soon, inshallah. Inshallah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr innal insana lafi khusr. إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم